All right, guys, what we have going on here is a big announcement. We have this new idea that we're going to integrate with all the audience, the viewers, listeners, so that you can predict with us which Major League Baseball player is going to purchase a property in a particular area based on whether they're traded or whether their contract is extended and they get those multiple millions of dollars. So we're going to be looking at luxury properties together and figure out what we think, you know, whether this person is going to buy this property or the next one based on price range, based on neighborhood and based on the baseball player's personality. Yeah, it'd be like a little game, you know. I give my thoughts, you give yours, and you know we'd like to hear from you guys too and what you think. Yeah, and I think it's going to be really nice too, considering people will be able to um, see across the nation all these luxury properties. But I think for our particular scenario, we're going to do our best to focus more on the Southern California region at most times, just because um, you know I, I keep up to date more with those baseball players out here. But we can always do Boston, of course, too, or other areas you're familiar with, Nick. And then every now and then we can do other baseball players throughout the, the nation going to places that we have no idea about, right? So we're going to be on Zillow and other websites looking at previous baseball players' contracts, what they bought in the past. So I'll be sharing my screen here in just a second. Uh, it's coming up. Everyone sees my screen? You see it? Now I see it. Okay, great. So here we go, everyone. We're going to check out all the local trades or everywhere is what I meant, um, across the MLB. So here's the history of all the Major League Baseball players that had what, some of the largest contracts. We got Mike Trout, which was uh, the top one, I think, ever at 426.5 million, 12-year contract. I think that was back in 2019 when that was done. And then here's one for 2021, uh, Mookie Betts. So essentially, we'll go through all of these for the most part and see on the news what's public, what's not, of where they bought. That way we have some foundation and uh, middle ground and have an understanding of, okay, well, if these baseball players got this contract and they bought this level of a mansion, then these next baseball players where we actually predict will have a better idea. Three balls, two strikes, pressure is on. This is where we discuss real estate, property improvement, and business. Together we'll strategize on how to win. Welcome to the Full Count. So towards the end of the podcast today, what we're going to do is we're going to go over Otani, the situation he's in in the MLB. I know there's a lot of controversy right now of him being traded or staying, and we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to look at properties together and see what we predict, what Nick thinks, what I think, where he'll more than likely buy, and what price range he's probably going to be in based on his latest contract. But what we're going to do now is transition over to talking about business and mindset. When you're in the business world... There's a lot of pressure you're going to endure competitors that are going to want to take you out other competitors that, you know, they'll be able to play with you in terms of the game uh, in business. Uh, I think Nick has other uh, perspectives than I do. So it'd be nice to hear a little bit of both of us. But um, in my experience, I feel that uh, as a competitor, when you're in a very competitive space, you need to do one of two things. You either need to um, show the respect to them so that they understand that you're just trying to better yourself and get better on your own. You're not necessarily looking at them as an enemy. On the other hand, they sometimes might look at you as an enemy, but you just got to do your best to kind of stay in your own lane until you're able to um, feel that you have the confidence and ability to compete directly with them. Otherwise, they're just going to squash you while, while you're growing. When I was starting in real estate, I had been on a team earlier, right? So I ended up leaving that team and started being a real estate agent on my own. At that time, I was knocking doors 
which is what we call a farm. So I had this farm in the Hollywood Hills and I was knocking doors and I met a gentleman. He was an older guy, a really cool dude, I, or so I thought. And he said, okay, give me your background. How long have you been in the business? So, you know, I kind of had to go over everything, kind of like an interview at the doorstep, mind you. So it's not like I came prepared to talk all this, you know, length of time. And I gave him my background and who I used to work for. You know, and I walked away. That was it. I thought that was it. That we were good. And he's like, okay, I'll keep your information in case I need your help. About two or three days later, I get a phone call, right? It's, it's my former boss that I ended up leaving the team, you know, a little bit earlier from then. And he's like, hey, man, why are you dropping my name? Why are you saying that you're, you belong to this team, et cetera, et cetera? He was using explicitives. And, you know, I was a young guy at that time, so I was a little bit nervous. But I had to hold it down and, you know, under that pressure, take a deep breath. And I said, look, man, I didn't tell him that I still work for you. I didn't drop your name. He was asking me my background in real estate. Your name came up, but that was it. You know, I told him I was working completely on my own. Um, he's yeah. like, okay, fine. He, I could tell at that time he didn't really care about that situation. This is what he cared about. He paused and said, okay, well, I don't want you door knocking in the Hollywood Hills. That's my territory, my farm. I'm like, what the fuck? In my head anyway. And, you know, I took a deep breath again. He's a competitor at this point. Obviously, he's way higher. But, you know, at the same time, I have to give him that level of respect. I said, look, man, with all due respect, I don't work for you anymore. I'm doing my thing. And that's it. And I could just hear him over the phone, take a deep breath. And he just freaking hangs up. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this guy I used to work for, now he hates me. Why the hell would he hate me? I mean, I don't work for him anymore. I'm not that of a threat. I'm so brand new to this industry, so what the hell? And in long story short, I see him a couple weeks later, months go by, and the first time I see him after that phone call, nothing. He just said, what's up? And I think that level of respect he has now towards me is good because I didn't, you know, bust out calling him names, and I also didn't look scared over the phone. I didn't sound scared. I sounded like I held my ground, and that's just how things work. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I see. Didn't take it personally. No, I mean, he I, probably said right at first, and then he thought about it. He was like, "Oh, it's fine." Yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't know exactly what the person at the door told him, but more than likely, I hope he told him somewhat of the truth. And I think right. he realized, you know what? I have no issue with this kid. My more issue is that he's competing with me now. But he was a competitor that spoke to me with a level of respect. Therefore, I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah, I mean, I think when, you know, you're doing the same thing in the same field as somebody, right? If they really get offensive when you come up behind them and start competing with them, then a lot of the times it's just a, their own insecurity, right? Because if they if they have a quality business, right. they provide quality value. There's there's nothing that they should be afraid of, right? I mean, I mean, I know I had mentioned this before, but I found more value both in the corporate business world, on the entrepreneurship side, right, doing your own self uh, businesses, whether it's online or otherwise, right, that collaboration yields more and 10 times better results than viewing competitors as, oh, it's me against them, like right. dog eat dog world, right? right? So. I, I agree to that to an extent. I feel like in some, in many cases, I think that approach is the right approach. But there are instances mm -hmm. which I think you could agree with me on where 
you know, sometimes it is head on dog eat dog world. And I think as long as you have that flexibility in your mind and in your actions to, you know, be able to maneuver when to use more of the collaboration method and, you know, not looking at them as a big threat or a big competitor, mm-hmm. but then you got to like turn it on and know when to shift to the other mindset, right. and, like just dog eat dog world. If you can do both, I think that's, I think that's when you can do really well in business. Yeah, and I mean, you have a differentiator. If you have a quality product or service or whatever it is that you're providing, then there's there should be nothing that you have to worry about, right? If there's if you have a worry, it's either an insecurity in your business, or there's something wrong in your business, or it's a self-insecurity, whatever it might be. Right, okay, I, I get that. That makes sense. So be, being aware as in, you know they're still your competitor, right? So you got to keep an eye on them, mm-hmm. see what they're doing to make sure you're consistently improving. Is I think what you mean? That's exactly what I mean. Okay. And I mean that's that's uh, probably me and my product manager uh, had talking. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I actually just finished reading a book called um, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Blue Ocean Strategy. And um, I have. Heard. Okay, good. So um, just to add some context for people listening and watching. Uh, there's what's called in the book, right? Red ocean, blue ocean. The red ocean is where everyone's fighting competitors in business. They're all like butting heads. And to Nick's point, which makes sense is in order to look at it more in a way where you have, where you're a differentiator, you can have some more at peace and just focus on your business. So in the book, it says you need to find your blue ocean strategy. That way you can just focus on your business alone. The reason why everything's at peace and the water's not moving all crazy is because you have some type of differentiation that makes you special and you're not in that space of direct competition finding yourself to move from that to the blue ocean that's where the that's where the money's at exactly now i mean obviously out of business context if you get into sports context that's a little bit different right because i mean there are certain circumstances where you do need to have the mindset, okay, it's me against them. You know, for example, if you're a UFC fighter or something along those lines. For that fight specifically, it is you against them. Right. So you're not necessarily going to want to collaborate with them and, you know, right. be like, oh, hey, That's let's a good uh, comparison. Just throw on the towel and we'll call it a tie. That's yeah. Kind of defeats purpose. <laughs> See, I, I like that you said that because I don't want people to think, you know, it's just one way. It's kind of how we were alluding to, but I liked how you – you know, mm-hmm. mentioned how sometimes it is clash on clash and you got to, you really got to take it on and more so outside of the business world, I guess what you were saying with like uh, fighting and UFC right. maybe, but even in business like Walmart, you know, how to do that now that Amazon and Walmart are like this. So they're constantly trying to outdo each other. So I think they're, they're definitely looking at themselves in that space and trying to use muscle to, to win the clients over. And a lot of that comes with money and, and new ideas. So I think now that I'm speaking this out loud, I feel like I'm actually kind of learning as I'm talking here. I feel like maybe it's head on, head on with your competitor and it kind of allows you to um, train those muscles per se in your strategy to propel you out of that situation to go to your blue ocean. That makes sense. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I learned something new, dude, thinking about it, talking to you. That's funny. Yeah, I yeah, think no, of that. I'm, I'm glad you're an epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the game that we just created where we're going to be predicting where a baseball player, particularly in uh, Southern California, is going to be ending up purchasing a home if they haven't already uh, based on their contract that they recently got or maybe they recently got traded to the area or in some cases if they got traded out of the area. Otani, Los Angeles of Anaheim, pitcher and uh, hitter as well, designated hitter. You would probably say, arguably, he's probably one of the best baseball players around. Um, there's statistics that you can look into that as well. But basically, he's at a point now that mm. um, the Angels were considering trading him. And it looked like he was going to be traded. He's been at the Angels since about 2018. He signed his contract in 2017. I think they extended his contract uh, last year. More months, or he's going to end up leaving. So I wanted to see, why don't we go ahead and make the assumption he's probably going to stay at the Angels because of what recently happened a few days ago. So he, where does he live now? Like what's out yeah. in the public on the internet? Um, he supposedly, I don't know how true this is. It sounds like BS to me. Someone that has, you know, such a, a lot of money from the contract he signed in 2017 and all the, or yeah, 17 and all the extensions. Um, it's, I think I read it from the sun. It's like a tabloid in Britain. It says that, um, he lives in a small apartment. So that's a little bit mind boggling. I don't know if, how true that can really be. But according to that, he is living in um, a small apartment. So I think our prediction would be that he's probably going to be um, purchasing a property soon. But just for the point of the game, let's go ahead and assume he's going to end up staying at least for a short term here. Mm -hmm. um, more than likely, he'll probably be going to um, somewhere within Orange County because Angel Stadium is in Anaheim. So somewhere real realistically yeah. close, like Irvine or Newport Beach would probably be the, the ideal spot, I would think, for him. And um, mm -hmm. Nick, I don't know if you remember, but at my bachelor party, we were watching um, the World Baseball Classic when we were playing golf, right? And at that point, I don't know if you noticed, but there was the Japan versus USA. And Otani was pitching... Mm -hmm. And he struck out Mike Trout, which is his teammate. And that's why everybody was going crazy at that time uh, when we were at Top Golf right before, you know, we went out and whatnot at the bachelor party. But in any case, that was a great moment. And the reason why I bring him up is because that's his teammate, right, the Angels. Mike Trout uh, recently had bought a $9.15 million home in Newport Beach. And I bring this up just for a sense of like a baseline of a foundation of how we're going to make an assumption of where Otani won the buying. Otani um, will probably follow the steps of Mike Trout, considering they're both well-known in, in Orange County as a baseball player. Uh, similar contracts, especially now that Otani might get a, up to a 700 million, million contract if he does stay at the Angel Stadium. But um, Mike Trout bought in a place, uh, Newport Beach, and now over the years with inflation, considering how much home prices have gone up since 2019, I was looking at the comps in the area and it looks like that house is probably worth anywhere from about um, 12 to maybe 14 million today price range. So um, let's go ahead and check out what his house kind of looks like. Okay. All right. So here we got uh, Mike Trout and here are some photos to take a look at, which is pretty beautiful. Um, it's a gated community. I actually know where it is precisely, but, um, considering his privacy and whatnot and me being in the real estate field, ethically, I'm not going to share where that is. Um, but I can kind of give you an idea where it is. It's about 
maybe five to 10 minutes driving from Fashion Island, um, the mall out there to this location. So that's all I can say. But anyways, it's gated, beautiful home. It looks like it's already in turnkey condition. Not much needed to do to go ahead and remodel it. But as we all know, he's probably going to do that. So I'm in the assumption that Otani, he comes from Japan, very humble people. He doesn't own property, Otani, as of right now, supposedly. Could be all fluff, who knows. But that's what we're going to work on, right? Based on you know what we know. So in order to predict what we think he's going to end up buying, we got to know at least what we know now. And the data that we have is Mike Trout bought that one property. And then Otani supposedly living in a three-bedroom, uh, two-bath uh, apartment, which is very close to the Angel Stadium. I would assume Otani would probably buy something. And I think Nick, as you had said, eight to 10 million, or at least 10 million is probably what he would buy today. Yeah, probably. I mean, if he's going to be there longer term. I mean, you, you do make a good point on the Japanese culture there. You know, I mean, at least most of them, obviously, I'm generalizing. But uh, to be a little bit more minimalist, around 10 million, probably a good price point. Um, but I think probably someplace closer to the, the mountains rather than the beach. I think it'd be more likely. Just because it's probably more away from people. It's not as crowded. It's not as clustered. Um, less publicity, nicer views, more tranquil. You know, what's to say he might actually go at a lower price range if he does buy. But things will all switch up if he ends up extending his contract for another 10 years, for or not another, but for 10 years, because they're saying, they're speculating it's going to be up to $700 million, which is absolutely insane. And at that point, $10 million, what's that to him? Probably not much. But again, he's that humble dude. So, you know, to your point and credit, Nick, I think, that probably would make sense for Otani to want to maybe buy in an area that might be more hilly. I don't know how you came up with that, but, you know, maybe. Uh, he doesn't want to be at the water. Um, even though, like I had mentioned, you know, I think earlier, Mike Trout is more in a, in a neighborhood that's in, more inland. He's not on the actual coast. He still has a view of the ocean, Catalina Island, which is absolutely mind-blowing. But, um, you know, Irvine might be a better way for Otani, considering it's more inland, it's more hilly in certain areas, um, and it's gated and beautiful too. But um, let me show you and share my screen so I can kind of show you uh, Gary Matthews Jr., which is uh, a former Angel baseball player who played in the outfield, and he just listed his property for up to $22 million, close to $22 million, with my former boss, Tim Smith, at the Smith Group in Newport Beach. So this is him. This is Gary Matthews Jr. This is Tim Smith talking to him on his podcast, which was a few months before they listed it, I believe. So there's there's them talking, which is really cool. Uh, I can't believe this guy I used to, I used to work for. He's a killer. Um, long story short, I ended up leaving just because I wanted to be on my own and figure things out and grow my brand. So... But either way, this guy listed his house. Do we think Otani will buy a $22 million home? Who knows? But maybe he would, considering if he does get that extension, it might make sense, right? If he gets a $700 million or close to that, I could see him buying Gary Matthews Jr.'s house. But will he be doing that anytime soon? Probably not. And like Nick said, Otani's probably going to be more in Irvine area, potentially, or at least he thinks. And I kind of agree in the hillside area. But this is, uh, let's see if I can get Gary Matthews Jr. There it is. That's the house that he currently 
owns um, is planning to sell. He bought this land from what I'm understanding uh, several years ago for three and a half million, just the land. And then he built a brand new house on it. So get into real estate. I highly recommend it. Either you buy a house, if you can, turnkey, if not, flip it or do whatever you need to do to customize it or just buy land and just build something beautiful like Gary Matthews Jr. did. So um, moving on to the uh, area of uh, Mike Trout, this is the area in which he bought, which is relatively close to the ocean, as you can see here. Now, one thing Mike Trout did, and the reason why I want to show you this is kind of to get to our, you know, narrow it down on why we think he probably ended up buying, Otani would end up buying something similar to Mike Trout, is considering that um, Mike Trout, you know, he could have bought something more lavish and expensive. I mean, he definitely can afford it. So can Otani, I would imagine. But they're young guys, right? They're they're young dudes that want to continue growing, and they don't want to. They probably don't want to lock up their money. They want to end up growing their money further and have that compound interest effect. So they're not going to lock up all their a lot of their cash, right? So that's why he ended up buying something probably not as high as he needed to. So the thing with Mike, though, what I was getting at is in the last year, the highest comp in the area was only six and a half million in that particular region. And Mike Trout's um, home was 9.15. So he bought the most expensive house in the neighborhood, which in some cases people should not necessarily do. And a lot of times people would say, and I kind of would recommend you don't buy the most expensive house in the neighborhood, uh, maybe more towards the middle or the cheaper one if you're looking at it as an investment. But these guys are... I mean, this guy's going to be loaded for life, right? I mean, I'm assuming he more than likely will be. But again, I feel like he hedged himself and insulated his money by not overspending because to him, a $9.15 million house probably is really not that much um, in the grand scheme of things, to be honest with you. So I think he did good. Okay, so I'm going to bring up Mike Trout's current home. Again, I'm not going to pinpoint where it is, even though I know his address after you know looking into it. But um, out of respect for his privacy... I didn't obviously represent him as an agent, but just for the ethics of the industry, I'm not going to mention that. On, on the public, you can in, publicly you can go on the internet and look up his house, um, but I'm not going to do that for you and tell you where it is. Luckily, online, I didn't see where his house is in terms of the address. It doesn't provide it. But um, so in the last year, he was the most expensive home in the area. He's still the most expensive is what I meant. The last one was six and a half million, the most expensive house in the neighborhood, as we can see here, right there, five bed, eight bath, 5,308 square feet, right? So, so the homes in that area of Harbor Ridge, it's, I mean, it's gated, beautiful. Again, you have the views of Catalina and the ocean, depending on whereabouts in the neighborhood your um, lot is situated and looking out. But on average, the homes are probably anywhere from four to seven thousand square feet trout's is nine thousand square feet his was again i keep repeating the number 9.15 million based on inflation and how home prices have gone up it's worth now at least 12 to 14 million right so most of the homes in that given community on average is about um i think it was like four four to five million for the most part so you know, he's still, it's still relatively affordable um, when you 
zoom out and look at all over Newport Beach and Irvine. We're going to look at just Newport Beach now and Irvine. Because if, if we were going to do Gary Matthews Jr. price range, let's just say above the $14 million mark, you're going to see how there's still a lot of options in those given regions. Um, let's go with the $14 million plus mark. to Let's just say, eh, let's just say screw it, $14 million and up. There's still some options at 14 million and higher, you know, getting in that ballpark of Gary Matthews Jr., which we don't see, at least I don't see Otani buying that expensive of a property. So my prediction is not that he'll go that high. So you're only looking at 16 properties. You know, you got some in Irvine, but majority are in Newport Beach. And they're up there, man. I mean, they're, they're high. I mean, they go extremely high. I mean, this is one at 31 million. Um, but the ones in Irvine, more inland in those hills we were talking about, I mean, you can still see they're freaking expensive. Um, 16 million. Shady Canyon, that's where um, Mark McGuire used to live. At least I think he still does, but I'm not sure about that. But I know he used to. For sure he did. It's a very countryside, beautiful community. It's like you're not even in California in many ways. So you got that very desert feel up there in those hills. But I don't see – I don't see um, – Otani living up there. I think it's going to be closer to like UCI, Irvine. So in terms of prediction goes, this is what this is what we think. At least Nick, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I think you could probably agree. Otani, if he ends up staying in Southern California, or actually let's just say he's in the predicament he's in now. He's supposedly living in a three-bedroom apartment. I doubt it, but let's just say he is based on that Sun tabloid. Um, if he ends up buying anytime soon, before he gets that 10-year extension contract that goes up to $700 million potentially from what we're seeing online, um, and also considering he stays with the Angels, he's probably going to buy something anywhere from 8 to $10 million. Kind of following along the footsteps of Mike Trout, and he's probably going to be more than likely in Irvine area, maybe near UCI, um, more of that hillside area, ex uh, secluded area, which Newport Beach has a ton of those neighborhoods, but... Um, you know, if we're just basing it off of kind of what Nick, Nick was saying, I can kind of agree to that. Irvine would be the spot. I think that's a great um, prediction. Again, we're, we came to the price point based off of uh, Mike Trout as our foundation of uh, data that we can kind of, you know, pinpoint. That would probably be the best spot when you're also considering he's supposedly in an apartment. And he's not going to be buying Gary Matthews Jr. house more than likely. Highly doubtful. Considering Gary Matthews Jr., he's been buying properties in and out of Newport Beach for so many years. Um, so he's got that, you know, experience and and all that under his belt. And Otani's such a young guy. I think he's only 29. So, no, I don't see that happening. See what happens. And, we're, and again, this prediction is for, like, within the next year or two. Because, um, yeah, obviously, in 10 years, he's not going to be in an 8 to 10 million. He's going to be way upgraded in a better location. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Well, we'd love to see what you guys think so feel free to comment let us know what you think and we'll see <laughs> all right guys comment like and share this thank you all we'll talk to you soon